And even once I lost my job, uh-huh. I still had great relationships with everyone. Things are expensive. Uh-huh. So I would have like regular job. That regular job would pay our bills. Uh-huh. My part-time job would allow me to get equipment. Uh-huh. And so I did that for a very long time. Okay. And But I wanted to create a space that allowed them to kind of reflect their skill set when they're bringing their clients in because I want them to feel like it's their space you know what I mean when they come in and be empowered had several business ventures before we got here so I don't I want that to be very clear like the success is not like overnight like it's not overnight okay it took a lot to get here when you move your family somewhere Mm -hmm. and we have no family in the city Mm -hmm. you got to pivot right and you got to make sure that pivot is hard so so I Welcome back to the Let's Evolve for Tomorrow podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone, and we help aspiring, new, and existing entrepreneurs excel to the next level by inviting other aspiring, new, and existing entrepreneurs to the podcast to give knowledge and information on how to get to the next level. So we have another special guest, Jasmine Lawrence. I reached out to her a couple of weeks ago to be a guest on the podcast. And I reached out to her because I was driving down Main Street in Columbus, Ohio, for those who are familiar with it. She has a a beautiful space out there. So if you're looking for a studio for photography and some other stuff, I'm not exactly sure what those other things are, but we'll leave that for Jasmine. She'll explain it all. But if you ever have a chance, visit the Q studio. She's been in business for three years. She picked up the camera 10 years ago and has not stopped. She has an amazing story that she's going to share with us. So without further ado, we want to introduce Jasmine Lawrence with the Q studio. Hello. Thanks for allowing me to come in. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, thank you for accepting the invite. Yes, yeah, of Super course. excited. Of I mean, you were very responsive with confirming and everything, especially not knowing Tyrone from, you know, a can of paint. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. So um, what made you accept the invite? Honestly, I'm trying to get into the habit of like accepting things. Like, you know what I mean? Okay. Especially when it feels right. I feel like I got the message and I was like, you know what? Why not? Why okay. not? Like, and then I did look at a couple of the different episodes and stuff. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Let me just get into the swing of things. Cause I'm like, not, I'm never like interviewing in like podcasting so but i've done some in the past but i was just like just try it just try it okay did you have a bad experience with the other no it's just i'm such an introvert sometimes Mm. believe it or not i'm an introvert are you really yeah like introvert extroverted kind of personality it's more of a my natural personality is more introverted but it's like i have to be an extrovert in order to conduct business Right. So it's like, okay, I'll pivot to the extrovert side. Yeah. But that's not my preference. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Or are you extroverted when you're interested? Like, because you're so interested in business. So maybe yes. that's when it, like, you know what I mean? Oh, that's a good way to look like, at yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, and that's my pivot. I actually took this. Are you familiar with Eric Thomas? No. Okay, so I took this, uh, I guess you could say like this personality test. Okay. And it tells you if you're a, like a pilot traffic control okay grounds crew or a is it a stewardess 
Yeah, I think it's the stewardess, okay. right? And it tells you your personality type, like that person that loves to like, you're more extroverted. Yeah, yeah. You want to be in control out front. Yeah. Or if you're that person that just kind of want to stay behind the scenes and yeah. make things happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So if you don't mind, just give us a brief, brief introduction and tell um, us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Jasmine Shante or Jasmine Lawrence to some people. Um, okay. I started the studio about three years ago. Um, we opened up in the middle of a pandemic, pretty much. Okay. Um, we're going on a, on our fourth year. And I really just wanted to create a space for creatives to come in, smaller creatives, right? Like, not even small. It can be big. It can be small because we have big brands that come in. But I wanted to create a space that allowed them to kind of reflect their skill set when they're bringing their clients in. So okay. I wanted to create, like, you have a good quality skill. You deliver good assets. So you want to... Bring your clients to a space that also delivers the same environment in which you deliver. Because it's hard to find that as a small photographer or like a starting photographer um, or even just a business in general. You know what I mean? I want things to align. So I wanted to create like a quality space for them to do. You know what I mean? To align with their their talent and skill set. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, that's a good point, right? So how do you... Especially in the first three years, right? Your first year bringing mm-hmm. these big brands. Oh, man. Like, how is that even possible? I will be honest. It worked out for me because I had already had the networking down before the studio opened up. So, with me being in the industry as a photographer, I already had friends. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so, the transition wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also LinkedIn. A lot of people sleep on LinkedIn, um, especially as a small business. We're so focused on Facebook and Instagram is like the main thing that the the ones that are really like lucrative mm-hmm. are going to be your LinkedIn's, even your Pinterest sometimes. So okay. I think it was like just networking for me. Okay. So when you said you had the networking thing down, what do you yeah. mean by that? I worked in the industry. Okay. And even once I lost my job, uh-huh. I still had great relationships with everyone, including my job. Like the job that I had prior to this, I was let go from during COVID. Okay. And because I was a good employee while I was there mm-hmm. and because I maintained good relationships, I still go back even to this day to help when they need it. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Okay. So they'll be like, hey, can you come in for a couple of weeks or whatever it is that we have going on? Um like we need help. 1090 or contractor? Contractor. Or? Okay. I'll even contract because the good relationships is there. If you deliver good work, everything doesn't have to end like with a burning bridge. You exactly. know what I mean? Right. So. I think that was kind of like how I went into the industry and how I came out of it and still in it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So just thinking about, and I always say this, right? Yeah. The young Jasmine out there who, who's afraid to network and doesn't know how to network. What's like some, just some quick tips that you can give something very practical that they can implement today to start to network, especially on the LinkedIn. Cause you're right. A lot of people are asleep on that. I was too. Like, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really market on LinkedIn because I didn't realize that's where my customers were. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, to be quite honest, following the trend, thinking that they were on Instagram yeah. and the Facebook. But I'm like, no, if I'm looking to do business to business, yeah. I need to be where the businesses are, Yes, which is on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, go for it. I think networking is one of those things that you just introducing yourself, small talk, uh, and not just with the big the big head hitter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want to kind of network with 
the people that's setting up the chairs, the people that, because like those are the people that you really need. <laughs> like, Ooh. you know what I mean? Especially once you get to my level of business, like you're going to need, like, I need contractors. I need people that know how to build. I need people that own chairs. I need people that own tables. So it's like sometimes, and then you also don't know who really owns the business. Like people come into the studio all the time and don't know that I own the studio. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm like cleaning up or I'm doing whatever. And it, not that it even matters, mm-hmm. right? So you just never know. So I think just being open to every person that you see um, is the important thing when it comes to networking. Like, it doesn't matter what they're, like, dressed like, look like. You just never know. Just be open to, like, meeting new people. Okay. Because you'll find yourself missing out a lot of the times. Right. Yeah. And meeting new people that don't necessarily look like you, mm-hmm. dress like you, or any of that. Just be open. Very yeah. true. Because they have a, a lot of knowledge or uh-huh. could have contacts, yeah. networking opportunities. Yeah. Or yeah. you find yourself, like, probably down the same path and That's can true. help each other out, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so, yeah. So, leveraging each other's, like, skill set. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, how did you even how did you even get started? Let's talk about that. Well, before we go there. Okay. You've been in business three years, correct? correct. Okay, right. you started this, the Q Studio. So how many clients would you say booked <gasps> your studio, let's say, a month? Ooh. I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I wish I could tell On you. Average. I would say, like, maybe 200. 200 a month? Maybe. Wow. That's amazing. Maybe about 200, yeah. So 200 a month. How large is the studio? Um, we're about 1,500 square feet. Okay. Um, and it's just one you rent it by the hour, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as like guests that are coming in, because you have a lot of photographers that do like uh, mini sessions, so mm-hmm. they'll have people come in for like fifteen minutes here, fifteen minutes there. Um, so I think that's more so like the hard part of figuring out how many people come in and out of there and okay. what it looks like. Um, so yeah, I was are you always the person behind the camera? For the most part. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Do you ever allow other photographers in your space? Oh, that is what the space is. Okay. So the studio is basically set up where, like now, there's someone there right now. Okay. They're filming or they're shooting. So you can basically come in and rent the studio. So as a photographer, if you're looking for a space, you'll take a look at the studio and you'll be like, hey, you know, I have this concept or whatever. So I'm going to rent out the space. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot and then I'm going to leave. Okay. So I don't necessarily let them in. They let themselves in. Sometimes I'm there. Sometimes I'm not. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much for other creatives to come in okay. and create nice yes and then i also create in there too okay so yeah so do you have somebody there at all times when you're no. open okay no. so you have i take you have like a temporary keypad or mm-hmm. password set up yep once everything's automated yep nice. everything is set up for automation okay. so yeah so they'll get all the information that they need to like let themselves in and again sometimes i'm there mm-hmm. sometimes i'll be in there kind of working and they'll come in or whatever but everything is set up for automation yeah okay because i want them to feel like it's their space you know what i mean when they right. come in and be empowered okay you know so how did you even learn how to automate this entire process like is this something that you already knew how to do did you take a class did you have a coach no i literally I literally learned on my own. Okay. Like, I took the time out. YouTube is a very powerful thing. I think we all know that now. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> YouTube is a very powerful thing. I think just, like, a lot of the times, I don't even think people notice it, but, like, when you sign up for Calendarly or um, whatever it is that you have, they actually have, like, tutorials and classes with – they have their own YouTube channels. And then when you sign up for their, like, email campaigns, mm-hmm. they have, like, workshops within those email campaigns mm-hmm. that I think people don't 
you like junk mail, junk mail, junk mail. Like sometimes it's good to open up those emails and see what's there because they might have like a one-on-one workshop to show you how to use their system more effectively. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of did stuff like that. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So 200 on average, 200 clients a month. I would say 200 clients. And then I'm like, I feel like I'm lying because I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) No, no, it's okay. I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, but that's okay. But these are, you know, these are questions and conversations that we need to have because, you know, the other aspiring entrepreneurs out there, it's like, hey, not saying that you don't, but just, you know, someone may come to you and it may be an investment opportunity and say, hey, tell me your numbers. You know, how many guests do you have? Yeah. What's your gross income? What's your net income? Yeah, see, that stuff I have. But like the head counts, I don't have at all. Yeah. Okay. So... Is your space, is it kind of like sectioned out to where like you can have three clients in there at one time or is it just one client per book? This space. Okay. This particular space is one client. Okay. So um, it's set up, it's like basically 1,500 square feet. Mm -hmm. And then you have like another area in which you could shoot in. But I like for it to just be for this space in particular to be just one client. Because I want you to be able to play the music that you want to play. Because once you start having several tenants happening at once... That is a whole nother beast that you have to tackle. Mm -hmm. And we're not terribly large. Mm -hmm. um, So I kind of wanted to keep this space as just a larger space for one client at a time. Just to kind of like learn the system, right? Learn and see what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then maybe in the future, that would be something that we would look into. Gotcha. Are you set up for a podcast as far as like Mm -hmm. the mics and everything? No, you have to bring your own mics and you have to bring your own cameras. Okay. And then you have to bring your own lighting and stuff like that so we do like rent a lot of stuff from midwest photo which is local um so when it comes to like renting stuff and things like that we kind of go through them which kind of creates another relationship with another um, entity but yeah we're like you basically you just come in Mm -hmm. and like we have the paper backdrops we have v flats for photographers that know what that is okay and then we have like a silk and stuff like that for diffusing light. So we have like the essentials, mm-hmm. but you had to have to bring your own stuff. What's a V flat? A V flat is like a white or black. It's like, I'm like trying to figure out a way to explain. So basically it's to either bounce light off okay. or soak light up. Gotcha. Is what it's for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so I'll say this, that lounge area. I love that. Like Do that would like be it? like a great podcast space. You know, like wait for, on it, for <laughs> wait on it, <laughs> okay, wait on it for like multiple people, you know, especially right now, you know, with the trend, you see how people have like the lounge set up mm-hmm. and they have like three or four mics and you may have one or two hosts. Yeah. And people that just come and kind of hang out and talk about whatever the topic is. So that space would be beautiful for that. Yes. Like, I love your space, you know, as a whole. Yeah. But I saw that. I was like, man, one day, one day, one day. One day. Yeah. So we're working on that, actually, like. The studio podcast, which is crazy. You'll see the highlights. You can always see what we're working on based on our highlights. Okay. Because they'll be named right. after whatever is happening. Ah, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So, averaging about 200 clients, you have this space, this beautiful space that people can rent out, mm-hmm. potentially having a podcast coming soon. Who knows, <laughs> Who knows? Right? You have these paper backdrops. And people can run out the space for as long as they need to. Other photographers can come in. Other Mm -hmm. creators can come Mm -hmm. in. You've been in business for three years. You have a very successful business. So now let's pull the layers back. Okay. Let's talk about how you got started. Like, why did you even pick up a camera in the first place? I 
Yeah, this is so crazy because I always knew that I wanted to be in some form of like content creation, production, marketing. Mm-hmm. That's something that I knew. And that started, I used to dance with the Cavaliers back in the day. I know. So long ago. Really? Yes. Wow. For how long? Like a year, two years, one or two years. Okay. So I take it you did like cheerleading and all that stuff in high school and college. Well, so what's so crazy? No, I play ball. I'm a really? baller. I'm a big baller. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you went from playing to cheering? I went to, I went from playing basketball to dancing. To dancing. To dancing. Okay. Because there are two types of dancers. Well, I don't know if they're still doing this. Okay. But there were two types of dancers. There was like the scream team, which we did like break dancing. We were like hip hop, all that stuff. Okay. And then you had like the cheerleaders, were, which were more jazz. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I did that. Um, I was like playing basketball. And basketball was cool. We got a new coach, and I was like, ah, ah. Right. I, like, and I was really good, but I was just like, ah, I kind of, I kind of want to pivot. Okay. I think I want to pivot. And so I did. How I long did. did you play ball? I played ball for a couple years. Okay. A couple years, probably like four years. Okay. And it was nice. Um, wow. Yeah. Three yeah. or four years in high school. I did middle school, high school. Okay. And then I went, actually, I was dancing in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. So imagine, like, imagine this high school kid, like, at the arena right. with the Cavs during the night and then going back to high school. <laughs> right. I mean, but how did that transition even work? So, were you, I mean, was was there a scout there or how did Yeah, that... I was dancing at, I was with a friend and I was dancing at, like, some studio. Okay. And the coach just happened to be there because she was, like, she, I guess that's where they were practicing at. Uh-huh. And she was like, hey, when you when you get a little older, like, Hit me up. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And so she reached out to me when I was like 16. And she was like, do you want to just come like perform? Mm -hmm. Like we have like this random halftime. Do you want to come perform? And I was like, sure. (laughs) Went, performed, worked out. We stayed connected. I tried out. I was like 17. I tried out and I was like, there's no way I'm making this team. I went and I like tried out. I made the team. My dad didn't even believe me. He was just like, yeah, go try. Have fun. Like, and I was like, yeah, I made the team. He was like, what? I was like, you got to come sign my contract. You know what I mean? Because I was underage. Right. And like, yeah. That is huge. And I, after seeing like the behind the scenes of that, I yeah. knew. I was like, I want to be in like productions for okay. sure. So two years. So why didn't you go further? Just curious. I don't know. I feel like I lost a lot of time with like prom you know what i mean like mm-hmm. dances had the high school experience mm-hmm. from being in that and i was like all right i'm gonna just go to college and be in college okay and that's it okay and that's what i did i was just like all right i'm not gonna dance while i'm in college were you a point guard yeah okay i was a point guard and then we had another girl that came in and she was a beast okay and then i became the shooting guard uh, yeah okay yeah <laughs> so all right so you dance while wow, for the Cavs, mm-hmm. t- two years and then from that point, you knew you wanted to be in production. Mm-hmm. So you went and purchased the camera? or how did So that work? me and my husband, we moved to Atlanta. Or no, I'm sorry, we moved to Florida. So were you two together in high school? We were together in college. As soon as I got into college, my husband, like, oh, <laughs> literally. Right. <laughs> it happened so fast. Right. So, like, the year that I was there, the first year of college uh, is when I met my husband. Uh, and then we, like. Went down to Florida, and uh, then he was we. Like, I'm locking this down. Yeah, basically, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, you're not going nowhere." <laughs> so we went to Florida, 
Um, I was in Florida just like I even created a business down there. Okay. Like I did accessories and stuff like that when I had my firstborn. Okay. And then I like picked up a camera and I was like, I really want to try photography. I'm really good at like having an eye for that type of stuff. Okay. Did a lot of research and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, moved to Atlanta and I interned. Okay. I interned under a guy named Marcus Ezell. He's amazing. Okay. He's still like, believe it or not, even with my growth, still my favorite photographer, hands down. Wow. Yes. So So he's a big deal in Atlanta. He's a big deal to me. Okay. 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 To me. (laughs) And he does a lot of good stuff like um, working for big brands, um, working for smaller brands as well. But like his, his level of work is crazy. So I like interned for him for like free i was just like i just want to learn like Mm -hmm. whatever i gotta do if i gotta set up the camera if i gotta you know Mm -hmm. and so i did that for a couple years and then i built my own portfolio Mm -hmm. and then express found me Mm -hmm. and then that's when it all kind of just took off like started working for them learned a little bit more Mm -hmm. and then covid happened lost my job and then i just opened up a studio i was like i can't I can't do that. Like, especially when you move your family, when exactly. you move your family somewhere mm-hmm. and we have no family in the city, mm-hmm. you got to pivot. Right. And you got to make sure that pivot is hard. Absolutely. So, so I pivoted and opened the studio. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Right. Yeah. Just the, the, the challenges that came along with that. So mm-hmm. you lose your job. You decide to open a studio. Did you already have money saved? Yeah. Oh, you said yes. Okay, to open a studio. I'm big on saving. Okay. I'm big on saving. Anytime, anytime I had a job, mm-hmm. I always had a part-time job. Mm. And that part-time job was always where the savings went, right? Smart. So that way it never pulled from my relationship, my husband's. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. all of us are income together. Exactly. Even when I wanted to try stuff. So as a photographer, things are expensive. Mm-hmm. So I would have like regular job. That regular job would pay our bills. Mm-hmm. My part-time job would allow me to get equipment. Mm. And so I did that for a very long time. Okay. So I saved up. You know, I'm big. I'm big on saving. Right. Like, it's no, crazy. It's crazy thing. how I am with saving. So I saved up money. And I know people hate to hear that because they want to hear, like, the quick thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have a quick thing. You're going to have to work. Mm-hmm. Even if that means you, like, hey, this second job that I have is going to contribute to this other thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes it works that way. So, yeah, I saved up every dime. And I just was like, all right, I have this money. I can go ahead and just open up my spot. Okay. So when they say stay ready so you don't have to get ready, mm-hmm. savings is that. Okay. Like through and through. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that initial investment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the aspiring entrepreneurs out there that really need the practical steps and know if they want to step out here what to be prepared for, what did the expenses look like when you first started? Crazy. Okay. They're absolutely crazy. Because we didn't, we didn't take out any loans. and wow. yeah, All cash. All cash. Okay. Like literally, and I'm not saying that that's the smartest way because people will tell you not to use your own money, but that's just what we did, mm-hmm. and that's what we wanted to do. Okay, because it was just like I don't want to have to pay anybody back. I don't want to have to deal with that stress while I'm trying to build, and okay. that was just our choice. Okay, okay? Um, the initial investment is always going to look. You're going to have like small things mm-hmm. that kind of hit you, like insurance is wild. Especially when it comes to a building, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have separate insurance for just your, your like, windows. Wow. In comparison to, because they're different, you know what I mean? Like, everything is just, stuff is just going to add up. Right. Um, attorney fees for, like, contracts and stuff like that. You're going to have stuff that you just, 
weren't necessarily prepared for. Mm-hmm. So it's always best to just kind of have that like <laughs> saving. Right. That's true. Um, to get you there and then work your way up. Don't feel like you have to get the hottest gear or the hottest thing mm-hmm. up front. Mm-hmm. You can work your way through it. Um, for us, we've worked our way to where we are today. Because the studio, when we first opened, doesn't it looks nothing like it looks today. Okay. Like absolutely nothing. Okay. Which is great because when you work in phases, people are always anticipating something new from you, which is great. Because like they come to a new studio mm-hmm. every other month. Like they're like, oh, what did you do now? And right. it's, you know what I mean? We have a wall now or whatever it is. So I think working your way up will also benefit you okay. as well. Yeah. So. When you first opened it, was the building white? Did you paint it before you opened so or afterwards? So that building, we did a lot to that building. Okay. But that building was white. Okay. Uh, we did do a lot of, like, infrastructure build out. Um, and we're still working on that. So okay. you'll see that as the evolution of the building kind of comes to fruition. We didn't have a sign when we first started. Mm. We didn't, like, there was, like, if I showed you pictures, you would be like, what? Okay. <laughs> it didn't look like what it looks like now. Um, so that was kind of crazy. But I feel like if you can find something that's mm-hmm. just already somewhat together mm-hmm. and then, like, tweak it, mm-hmm. that might be better. Okay. Because, like, construction is crazy. Contractors are wild. <laughs> like, like, I mean, if you find a good one, great. Keep them. Right. Or her or whatever. Uh, but it can get crazy. Okay, yeah. so when you first opened the doors, what did you have? Because right now, space is beautiful. Yeah. So what was that first thing you had when you opened doors? Like, honey, this is what we're starting with. Man, I had a sofa. I had. I did have the table. I had the sofa. Uh-huh. And I had backdrop paper. And I had stands. Because I'm a photographer, I had already had the stands. Okay. And I want to say... I want to say that was it. I want to say that was it. I didn't have a whole, whole lot. Like, okay. I spent a lot of money on, like, building out the kitchen, mm-hmm. um, bathroom stuff, um, lights, all that stuff. Like, just the build out of the structure right. to make sure I was in code. Okay. Right? Like, <laughs> that was it. Um, but, yeah, it was really just, like, lights and stuff. So, you don't have to have everything okay. at first. Um, but I did have a camera for myself. Um and that was it. Did you already have clients that pre-booked the space before you opened the doors? No. Okay. I opened the doors, and the day I opened the doors, clients started booking the space. Really? Day That's how one. you knew it was a need, because I did I did a grand opening. Okay. And I was like, yeah, we like we're opening, we're opening, we're opening, and then like literally the first day, okay. it was just like. I don't know. It just kind of happened. Wow. And that's crazy. Yeah, it is. Because that's why I feel like when it's for you, the doors are swinging. You know what I mean? Because, you know, sometimes people, they they do that. They step out on their their faith and their passion. And, like, when they first open the doors, there's crickets. Yeah. You know, they start to feel a little down, like, man, and questioning themselves. Like, should I have started this? Should I do something else? So let's talk about just any type of turning point or milestone in your business. So... Back to that question, because I want to kind of reference that, too. Yeah. With me starting out, I guess I, I guess I neglected to say that I did have experience with, like, marketing. Okay. So, my landing page mm-hmm. had a newsletter sign up. Okay. So that when I launched, mm-hmm. I could send out an email campaign saying mm-hmm. I launched. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, 
that's kind of so it wasn't just like oh you opened your door like i literally unlocked the door and everybody that wasn't it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean there was some marketing that was involved in that Mm -hmm. and just like you know getting people to sign up for the newsletter handing out flyers going to the local like um camera stores Mm -hmm. taking flyers there like there was there wasn't just like a so i might have spoke too soon with that one i'm glad you said that so let's let's go back to email campaigns right Mm -hmm. because sometimes i feel like as seasoned entrepreneurs we throw terms out there that the new entrepreneurs and aspire entrepreneurs are not familiar with. So if you had to figure out a better way to deliver an email campaign or to kind of elaborate on that, how would you elaborate on that in addition to the newsletter? Like what did you include in the newsletter? How did you get people interested in the space? So, okay. Ask it again. Okay. So I want to make sure I'm answering it right. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I know that was kind of wordy. Right? Okay. So with the email campaign, what is an email campaign? Um, an email campaign is another way of basically, this is how I would describe it. It's okay. basically having someone's like, when someone signs up for your email campaign, it's basically like having their direct phone number mm-hmm. in a sense without having their direct phone exactly. number. Um, so everyone leans on like social media or having like these different platforms. If those platforms shut down, Mm -hmm. you don't have access to your clients. Mm -hmm. Email campaigns are a way to ensure that you have access to your clients. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically having like their phone number. Mm -hmm. It's a direct contact to them. It's just their email. Um, So when you're delivering email campaigns, which is like a way of marketing to them, it's just basically you sending out an email blast or a big text to their email directly. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I explain it right? yeah, <laughs> okay. No, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so your newsletter, what what things did you include in your lo- newsletter to make it interesting, to make it intriguing, to really get people to come out to your grand opening and to support the opening of the business? Um, so for our newsletter, we constantly kicked out um, pictures because people like to see the journey mm-hmm. of like the business. Even to this day, people like to see the journey of the business. Exactly. So it's like behind the scene pictures of what to expect. And then because I'm a photographer, I can shoot assets within that. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. will allow people to want to shoot in it. Does Absolutely. that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. Like I sent out content for people to see what the space will eventually look like mm-hmm. and to see what they could potentially shoot. Right. in that space okay um and then i sh- did different images of the space and then i also did a countdown okay so it's like we're almost there we're almost there you know what i mean just to kind of get people wanting to like oh we're you know getting getting people want to see getting people i'm trying to think of the words that i want to use amped up okay i guess yeah. um to kind of get ready for like the grand opening you know so i love what you did because i feel like with the area, okay, mm-hmm. that you brought luxury to that space. When I drove down that street and I saw that, like, that building really stands out. Oh my like, God. I look at it every Thank day you. when I drive down the street. I'm like, man, that, that building is beautiful. Thank you. And just, I mean, like you said, with all of the windows and the lighting and the color, it's a beautiful space. I'm Thank like, you. if I ever wanted to rent a studio, that would Come be my first me. choice. No, I'm so serious. Come like, it's it's an amazing space. Thank you. You and your husband have done great work. Thank I you. mean, just your, your eye for detail and the vision that you had and reading your story to see how you took an auto repair place and turned it into a yeah. studio, a photo studio. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of the key challenges that you experienced in business and how you overcame those challenges. Mm. That's such a good question. Because there's so many 
And then, as you know, we do it daily. Right. And I'm like, key, I don't know. All of them are pretty bad. <laughs> okay, so let's, okay, what about this? Your kids, when they get older, and they say, Mom, tell me something that I should, you know, look out for or be careful with when I start business. Like that one story that you you would tell your kids. Yeah. To say, well, let me tell you about this, this one example, <laughs> this one encounter. Yeah. And they're like, wow, Mom, that, that happened to you? So yeah. what did you do to, like, overcome that that story? So, and I this is more to my story. The Q is in my first studio. Okay. The Q isn't my first job, like my first, not job, but my first business venture. Okay. I've had several business ventures before we got here. Mm. So I don't, I want that to be very clear. Like the success is not like overnight. <laughs> like it's not overnight. Okay. It took a lot to get here. And I think for me, it's just trusting my instincts. Instincts is, is like a really, 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 really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have like a blanket statement. I don't. It's not something that I ever received. I think the biggest thing for me as an entrepreneur, the one thing that I've learned Mm -hmm. is to, when you're taking in content Mm -hmm. or you're taking in information or you're receiving information to help your instinct, Mm -hmm. you have to be careful what you consume Mm -hmm. to help your instinct. Mm -hmm. So I only consume, I don't consume things that induce fear. Mm -hmm. So when I watch TV, I don't watch scary stuff Mm -hmm. i don't watch people feel that stuff i don't watch trauma Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i like to watch inspiring films i like to i like i'm very careful about what i consume and what i see myself into Mm -hmm. so that i can like because you'll be surprised how much stuff affects you Mm -hmm. like randomly like if you ever watch like a scary movie and you can't sleep for like a week Mm -hmm. imagine what that does for you like long term exactly you know what i mean and you just don't even know it it's it lays dormant in you and now you're operating in fear Mm -hmm. now you're going to your garage like you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. don't even know that that's affecting you in a lot of ways you know what i mean versus like watching shows that are inspiring and stuff like that so i just I think the biggest thing for me was instinct, mm-hmm. operating off of instinct and feeding my instinct with positive, inspirational things. Exactly. Right. Right. So I think that that's the only thing that I can think of that as far as like pivotal moments for me mm-hmm. was when I wasn't operating in good instinct. Yeah. You know, what? no, <laughs> but that's that's very valuable. Like yes. I think about even falling asleep with the TV on Man. and it's something that's playing in the background. That's really affecting your mindset, mindset. subconsciously. You have no you idea. Have no idea. <laughs> and you're like, man, why was I dreaming about that? Why yeah. am I waking up thinking about this? So yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I found myself doing the exact same thing, listening to podcasts, other podcasts, mm-hmm. or what I'm watching. You know, mm-hmm. and I was having this conversation with my wife a couple of days ago. I'm like, I'm only consuming my my mind with spiritual things yes. and inspirational That's stuff. That's it. So, but you brought up something that I think is a key challenge. And the question is going to be how you overcame this. So the question is, you said this wasn't your first business, right? Was it? Multiple adventures, business adventures. So mm-hmm. how many bit different businesses did you start? And why didn't you stick to those things? I would say three. Okay. I started of jewelry business at one point. Right. I had another studio, but it was like, just for me. Okay. I wasn't renting it out very okay. much at all. And then I had a clothing line. Okay. So those were those were the other three. Um I stopped those because they weren't successful. Mm-hmm. 
in the time that they were into me, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Fail fast. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is your ego. Like, gotta, the ego is like the one thing you can't have in business. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> like get rid of it. If you can get rid of anything, get rid of your ego as quickly as possible. Right. Um, so I think like with those businesses, one, I did have a business partner. Okay. We weren't we were fine together. We just were in different, I think, stages in our lives. Mm-hmm. And she had a way that she wanted to do and I had a way that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And instead of me like bad blooding it mm-hmm. and like attorneys, all this other stuff, it was just like just start over. Okay. Just start over. Um, sometimes it's not worth the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a pride thing, right? Like, not, I don't have enough of a pride to do that with you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I had to let that go. And sometimes I think when it, it business partnerships, I will say this is one of the pivotal moments for me. Mm-hmm. You need to date that person first Ooh. before you like go into business with them. Like exactly. literally date them, right. figure out what they, what their goals are. Just like core, core goals. Mm-hmm. Um, even with your staff, you need to like date them, mm-hmm. <laughs> talk to them constantly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Figure out like where their head is constantly. Um, so I think for me, those ended because they just weren't successful through experience. Like mm-hmm. I had no experience in like numbers at the time. I had no experience in marketing at the time, but I was also working in corporate America at the time as well. So I wasn't able to give it 110%, mm-hmm. um, which you could still do both, right? But I wasn't able to. Right. Yeah. Not as not as a mom and a wife, no. So let's just say when you left when you left Express, right? Mm-hmm. When you lost your job during the pandemic and you yeah. started the clothing line or the jewelry business, do you feel like it would have been successful with all of the knowledge and 100%. the experience you had? Say less. Okay. For sure. Okay. And that's why I'm like one of the biggest things is the place that you are in now. Uh-huh is so critical and you don't even know it right like you're learning something look around you because you're learning something you're picking up something okay like with me working in my corporate jobs i learned what to do and what not to do because mm. they have plenty of things that work absolutely and they have plenty of things that don't work exactly and i knew like in some of the roles that i was in i'm right. like i could do all of this by myself right like you don't need <laughs> six people to get this done you know what i mean exactly like right. because i learned from a different job like efficiencies mm-hmm. you know what i mean one of the things with the studio being like a self-ran studio mm-hmm. if you have a system that is a seven at the very least mm-hmm. You can hire a three and you're a 10 now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. That's it. Absolutely. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> like, so I learned systems. Yeah. I learned like what works, what doesn't work, uh-huh. automation, all of that. Like, you know what I mean? Just right. be willing to learn. I like the that's way it. you put that. That was, yeah. that's the first time I've ever heard someone say that. Now, I have heard people say that if you're looking to help someone, right, they don't, you don't. You don't have to be a 10 to help someone. Mm-hmm. You can be a five and helping someone that's a three mm-hmm. or a seven Absolutely. and help someone that's a five. So that's huge. Yeah. So I guess my next question for you, let's talk about scale, right? With everything that you've learned from the corporate world, you have a such successful studio. Have you had any, I guess you can say, down moments in your business where business wasn't going so well? Yeah. What happened during those times? Um, you learn a lot. Okay. You learn a lot, and because I save, it's a different experience for me, probably, okay. than other people. Gotcha. Um, so the preparation of saving allowed the downtimes to not feel that way. Just because you get, like, you know, money in and everything's flowing, 
we're not going to go buy things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you got to, again, what you're consuming. Mm-hmm. I don't need a Gucci bag. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't look at girls that have them. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, I kind of just live a very simple life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what I'm in it for. Okay. It was like a lot of it is just like, you know, my kids having a good upbringing. You know, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So my my why is not materialistic which allows me to save a little bit differently mm-hmm. um so those downtimes i was able to get through those downtimes because of the saving okay and then also in those downtimes learning to pivot what needs to work mm-hmm. what can i do like what it what was working mm-hmm. and why is this a downtime because mm-hmm. for us it's seasonal mm-hmm. so during the summer it's a lot slower okay because people are shooting outside mm-hmm. i live in Ohio, mm-hmm. most of it is winter. Absolutely. So most of your business is doing good. Uh-huh. But then when the summer hits, it slows down. Okay. So what do you do during the summer? You host events. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You find other ways to, like, bring in income. You know what I mean? So you just have to figure out what your pivot is. Is it going to look the same? No. Just be open. Let go of your ego. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's partnering. Sometimes sometimes it's collaboration. Sometimes it's city collaborations. Um, sometimes it isn't like if you save enough and you just want to like, this is my season of giving because mm-hmm. we've had book bag drives. We've had like, you know what I mean? Maybe it's about the community mm-hmm. during the summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. I like yeah. that. Okay. So let's talk about scale. So right now you have the Q studio. What's your vision to scale your business? And if you can give us a little insight on how you plan on scaling. <laughs> um, my vision to scale my business is to create Larger spaces okay. with multiple tenants at the same time okay. with different experiences within those spaces. Mm. So right now we just have the one. Mm-hmm. If I can get there, okay. we want to have multiple. Um, that's what I would like to do. Okay. Um, when it comes to getting there, mm-hmm. it's saving business credit Mm -hmm. right make sure you're feeding your business credit make sure you're feeding your personal credit because those things can sometimes very much align um and maybe doing capital from elsewhere versus yourself now okay so so is that your projection over the next three years five years yeah next three years okay next three years so yeah we're we're hoping to scale pretty soon okay like right now we're in that stage of like making sure the need is still there Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's so many other studios opening up that we're like, okay, do we need to pivot in a way where we're offering more outside of just for photography studio? Mm-hmm. Is it co-working? Is it, you know what I mean? Is it creative co-working? Is it something else? Um, so we're kind of just seeing, we're, we're being visionaries by watching mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. and then kind of just being prepared okay. for whatever comes. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So... Along those same terms, right, when you think about long-term retirement, Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, how do you plan for retirement? And this is something that I've been asking, actually, the second episode that I've asked about this. Yeah. Because I realize that that's very important and vital when it comes to entrepreneurship because the structure is already there. Yeah. When we work for these corporations. Yeah. They already have that in place. Yeah. But how do we start that as entrepreneur using external resources to build that? where it becomes a regular thing? I will say two things. Okay. 
One is if you're currently working for someone and you have a 401k, you can still actually continue with like fidelity or anything like that with your IRA. You can still contribute to that. Now the match is not there, right? Mm -hmm. But you can still contribute. So don't just come out of that. Mm -hmm. I would recommend continuing that. I mean, I'm no business advisor. Obviously, a business advisor will give you different information. But that's what I did. I continued the same behaviors. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing when it comes to, like, retirement is, like, making sure that, again, this is where you learn Mm -hmm. Mm corporate-wise. They have things that work. Mm -hmm. Keep doing those things. <laughs> and then the things that don't work, don't do those things. Right. I think contributing to a 401k mm-hmm. of some sort mm-hmm. would be a, the best way to just have something. Okay. Right? right. And then depending on your business structure, mm-hmm. figuring out what your exit strategy will be, whether you sell your business, whether someone else continues your business for you as your income and figuring out if that's what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Because some people, they'll just sell licenses, mm-hmm. right? Like you can start a studio, get real good, sell the license to another state, right? Someone in another state to start that studio, show them how to start it up. And that's your business structure that you do. Mm-hmm. And then you use some of that and you contribute it to an IRA, so on and so forth. So I think it just depends on what you want to do. Right. I think for me doing both mm-hmm. was essential for what my needs were for okay. my kids, right? Um I want my kids to have something. Mm-hmm. The studio is, again, a seven system. So I just need a three. I just need my kids to be a three. Can mm-hmm. you be a three? Right. Then you'll have a business. <laughs> Look at you. Like, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> so it's just like structurally setting yourself up in a way where you can't really, you can't really fall. Mm-hmm. But again, the corporate companies, they had that pretty locked. Mm-hmm. So let's like, if you're already doing it, just keep contributing to it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So with the Q Studio, I heard you mention that there are some competitors in your space. Yeah. So what sets you apart? Um, I think all of the studios that are here are amazing. Okay. We all have different styles. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, in this particular city, mm-hmm. we're all a community. Okay. So I think it's more so like when someone is looking like at my space and my space is fully booked, mm-hmm. I recommend the other spaces. Mm-hmm. And now we just have like this large community of relationships. But what sets us apart is that we are a natural light studio. Mm-hmm. Not every studio is going to give the natural light that we give. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have like the backdrops. Not everyone has backdrops, which is fine. You mm-hmm. know, some people have like different sets, which I think is beautiful. Uh, we do have, like, private parking, so you don't have to find parking. Okay. We're on the first floor, so you don't have to lug stuff up steps. So we have a lot of things that I was kind of wanting out of a studio. I was like, what's the best way to be a photographer? What is the things that we hate? Mm-hmm. We don't like taking our equipment up steps. Right. We don't like looking for parking. Mm-hmm. We want natural light. We want to be able to control the natural light. That's why I have the silk in there. So it's like different stuff like that, I think, is what sets us apart from other studios. It's the small things. It's right. the details. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I love the business-to-business support. Yeah. Like, I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. All right, so now let's talk about um, a success story, right? That mm-hmm. one success story that stands out in your mind where it's like, you know what? This is a story that I will tell when I'm 80 years old if I make it that far. A success story. Yeah, in your business. Whatever. <laughs> it could be the humble beginning. It could be, you know, someone that had a struggling business and you let them use your studio to take some photos and it, 
and help explode their business to mm. the next level, whatever that success story is to you. Dang. I mean, honestly. Oh, you want to know what? Yeah. I don't have a success story. Okay. What I do have is my the story that me and my daughter have together. Okay. One day I was like, hey, look, they have this thing, this, like, black girl magic thing okay. for you to go to where you can, like, listen to other entrepreneurs talk about their business. Mm. And I was like, you should go. Like, I'm going to sign you up. Mm. And she looked at me and she was like, why would I go to that? And I was like, why wouldn't you? It's like a perfect opportunity for you to, like, get inspired and hear other people's stories. And she was like, I have you. Mm. I'm inspired by you. Like, I don't need another person. To, like, I see it. I see. And, like, that yeah. That did it for me. Right. Like, that. And not that she has to be an entrepreneur because everyone does not need mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. But it felt good to know, like. She sees you. Right. And, like, even, like, some of the sacrifices you make as a parent, knowing that your kid understands it mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah. It's, a, such a, it's such a crazy feeling. So, as far as, like, business, I, I don't really have a whole lot of success stories because I feel like everyone that uses the studio is so happy to be there. We have a great community there. Mm-hmm. And I think we're fulfilling a need mm-hmm. um and every time someone says something about the space it's crazy to hear and it's crazy that people have recommended the space to me mm-hmm. and not knowing who i am wow and they're <laughs> like yeah you should go check out this studio like it's like super dope it's in the city it's the queue and i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> like that's that's kind of wild that people have such a positive output of right. the space you know but I don't. I don't have much of a success story. No, I mean, no, that's a success story. Okay. I think, to your point, sometimes people think that success story means something elaborate or it has to be something directly related to business. But yeah. just being a mentor to your daughter to and not realizing kids. that, wow, she actually looks up to me. She looks up to me, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> last week. I had, a, I had the same moment. My son did the same thing. Really? He was like, Dad, I need you to help me with something. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, cool. So my son's 14. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I got a project, and I need to ask you seven questions. Oh, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What yeah, is that about? Yeah. He was like, well, I need to interview an entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, I felt so good. Because, you know, most of yes. the time, <laughs> you know, your kids, they'll go to someone else. Yeah, no, he's like, I, need, I, need, I know an entrepreneur. I live with one. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, yeah. So for him to say that, it was like, oh. That's crazy. That yeah. had to feel so good. Yeah. You're like, I'm doing something. Right, exactly. Like, isn't it crazy? Like, the the most famous person can walk up to you and be like, you're doing great. And you're like, yeah, thank you. Right. But then you're a kid. You're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's let's talk about your some advice. Right. There's a, a young Jasmine out there mm-hmm. who's looking to do what you did or something similar. What advice would you give to the young entrepreneur out there, the inspiring, the new or even the existing entrepreneur on some of the things to avoid mm-hmm. and some of the things that they can do to really grow and scale their business and take it seriously? Um, I think the biggest thing is the ego. Like I said earlier, let go of your ego. Like, every CEO was a janitor at some point. Every Mm -hmm. CEO, like, the position that you're in at work, whether you're working right now, learn something. Mm -hmm. There's something there. Um, I think if you learn in every environment that you're in, you'll find yourself really prepared and ready when that next thing comes. Exactly. That's it. Like, if you could do that, 
the sky is the limit. And then just always be a learning. You know what I mean? Like even for us as entrepreneurs, we have to constantly go and learn different laws that kind of are implemented mm-hmm. for taxes, business. Um, I'm definitely somebody that even though you hire an accountant, you still need to understand what they're doing. Um, I want to know how how you bucketed that and why you bucketed that that way and why we are now using that for this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to like learn from the people that you're hiring that are better skilled at you than some areas. Like, yeah, you can't do finances, but you still need to understand some of that stuff. And if you can find a way to like, even if it's monthly, read something new within your business that you don't know mm-hmm. and be able to ask the expert that you've hired that question so that you can fully understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important. So I think it's just learning. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's good. So something that we talked about off camera that I wanted to bring up again, mm-hmm. being such a successful entrepreneur, right? That's crazy to hear you say that. What, a successful <laughs> entrepreneur? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you are. Because in my mind, I'm like, not. like, And you know what I mean? Like, in your mind, you're just kind of like, oh, I guess I did do that. Yeah. I have days that I wake up and I'm just like, I'll watch, like, Hallmark Channel, right? Because, right. of course, I'm, like, happy. And I'm, like, watching a Hallmark Channel. I'm like, look at her. She's a bread shop in New York. I would love to have a bread shop in New York. And I'm like, you do right. have a own, you know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> you do have your own business. But you know what? But that's because a lot of times we're looking at ourselves from the inside out instead of the outside in. Yeah. We don't celebrate the wins. Exactly. And we definitely don't. It's still, like, to this day, like, to for people to walk up to me and be, like, recommending the studio or, like, know that I own the studio mm-hmm. and like that is still something that I have not gotten used to right of like yeah like we shoot there like I literally had a guy he like has a crazy business mm-hmm. up in um Polaris okay big I'm talking big okay and he's like yeah like I have this big business I'm like oh that's so good and then he's like they own the dang it the Carfanias. They own a Carfagna restaurant. Like, they have, like, a winery. It's it's a huge spot. Okay. Right? Yeah. Big business. They're yeah. like, yeah, like, we have this big business. I'm like, they're very humble. So, you, of course, you wouldn't know it until you get there. And you're like, y'all own this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, right. And he's like, yeah, we, like, take pictures every year at this place called the Q Studio with my family. And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> yes. Wow. And they've been doing it since we opened that's crazy. Wow. And he showed no me like he showed are. me the picture the transition of their kids growing up like literally they have been taking pictures and I'm like that's why. Did you tell them who you were? Yes. Okay. I did. And it's crazy cuz now it's like you see big brands using your studio. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like y'all are going to stores and y'all will start seeing the queue like you'll you'll recognize it. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to even the playing field for like day-to-day photographers because now you're shooting at the same place that a big brand is shooting in exactly you can deliver wow you can grow with that you know what i mean okay so yeah it's hard it's it's crazy to hear and see and feel because we don't celebrate those things and i'm still getting used to like this is successful and i'm like is it though (laughs) how did they find you which one the big brands I don't, I, I want to say LinkedIn. Okay. I feel like it's LinkedIn because, like, one day they booked the studio for, like, a week. Okay, so let's talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. Do you run ads on LinkedIn? No. So it's so all organic. what's crazy is I use my marketing dollars for increasing the experience 
and the community. Okay. So last year, which we'll be doing this again this year, uh-huh. last year we did tote bags. Mm. Stuff that people wear, right? Yeah. And stuff that you're not going to throw away. Exactly. Everyone wore a tote bag, and they would stop each other. You shoot at the cube? Oh, I do photography. I do this. They start to connect. Got it. And, that, and then people see your logo uh-huh. everywhere. And they're like, I keep seeing these Q Studio bags. What is that? So, like, so my marketing dollars, they don't always go to ads in that way. Mm-hmm. I have ran ads mm-hmm. on, like, Facebook, Instagram, things like that. But mm-hmm. I would rather invest in my community mm-hmm. and let my community do the work. Because mm-hmm. you got to remember, I'm in productions, which means that people take pictures and they tag, share, and you don't have to do that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just a different experience. Right. Like They're like, hey, like the podcast. I'm sharing the podcast. Right. That's okay. your marketing. Do I really need to do dollars if she's doing that? You know Absol- what I mean? Absolutely. So it just like depends on. Thank like, you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, thank you. So it just depends, but no, we didn't. We don't always run ads. Yeah. We let everyone else do the work. Okay, you know what I mean. That's that's huge. So, yeah. question: Would you be okay with me including some of your photos or videos in yeah. the, uh, the YouTube video Absolutely. or the podcast? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Absolutely. I want to ask your permission? Yeah. So that's how you build your community, then, because I was going to ask about that. How do you build your community? Community is so much better. It's so much better than anything else. You okay. know what I mean? Um, right now, we're working on merch. That's another way we build community, mm-hmm. having events for the community, mm-hmm. giving back to the community with, like, the book bag drives and toy drives, right. um, supporting people when they're doing, like, nonprofit things mm-hmm. and contributing that way. We do giveaways. You okay. know what I mean? Right. Um, stuff like that. I think that's the thing is, like, the give and take and not feeling like you need to know your business mm-hmm. and not everything that you hear and that you see works for you. Mm-hmm. So figure out what works for you by trying stuff. Exactly. So that's it. We just tried stuff, and that seems to work better. Okay. Believe it or not, yeah. So you have kids, right? I do. How many kids do you have? Two. Okay. How old are your kids? Two and a dog. Two and a dog? <laughs> Two and a dog. A dog is a kid, yeah. Okay. So my oldest is 13, my youngest is four. Okay. And then my pup is two. Gotcha. Yes. What kind of what kind of puppy do you Cane have? Corso. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a big oh, boy. Wow. He's a big boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love those dogs. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. Are yeah. they uh, are they easy to train? Very. Really. Very. We did get a trainer because when you get a dog that's that that large, you yeah. need to have him trained. Exactly. Yeah. So he's trained. What color? And black. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some beautiful dogs. Yes. I love. He's those a dogs. really. He's a mild mannered dog. Okay. We have the, I'm not going to lie to you, we have the best dog in the world. I know everyone thinks they have the best dog in the uh-huh. world. We actually do. <laughs> Why do we you say actually that? do. He does not bark unless, okay. unless like, the door is ringing mm-hmm. or something like that. He's good with the kids. Like, he's super mild-mannered. Mm-hmm. Like, most people, they see him and they're like, Whoa. Yeah. But when they get to know him, they're like, oh, my God, you guys have the best. I have heard it every time. Okay. You guys have the best dog. Like, he's well-trained, everything. He's like the neighborhood dog. I'm sure he's super protective, though. Very. Yeah. Very. Okay. Yeah. But only when he needs to be. Like, you know, he's prompted, right? Right. right. But he's not like some unaggressive dog like right. that. Not at all. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> so having kids, 13 and 14. 13 and 4. 13 and 4, Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And being such, again, a successful entrepreneur, mm-hmm. how do you... And I hate to use this phrase, right? But I'm going to use it. How do you prevent them from feeling privileged or entitled or spoiled? Oh, man. Right? When it comes to, I want that. And like, mom and dad, I know you have the resources, so Mm -hmm. I want this, I want that. How do you give them those things but still keep them humble? Transparency. Okay. I'm very transparent with my kids. Um, 
And when I say transparency, I mean accountability for myself as well. Mm -hmm. I apologize to my kids when I'm wrong, right? So that they can see the human in me Mm -hmm. to be a human, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm like, hey, this is what it took for me to do this. Or maybe I didn't speak to you well when I said that. Mm -hmm. And I want you to receive what I'm saying. Exactly. And I don't think that either you're not prepared for it. And then just being patient with it, right? Like my daughter would get frustrated with stuff. And wanting to get somewhere like she's playing sports right now. Mm -hmm. She's not the best on her team. She's used to being good. Mm -hmm. And now she's not Mm -hmm. the best on her team. No, don't get me wrong. She's up there. She's up there. But she's not the best on her team. And she's learning to work for it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you have to work for it. The reason that they're the best is because they worked for it. Mm -hmm. So it's teaching her accountability, teaching her discipline, Mm -hmm. I think is the biggest thing. Because it is hard. Mm -hmm. It is so hard. Because you're trying to give your kids so much. I want to give them a leg up. And sometimes the leg, like, it comes at a cost. Like, where you're sitting right now is it the cost that it was for you to sit there was the experiences that you had, unfortunately, Absolutely. right? Like, right. and I'm not saying that I don't know your situation, yeah. but a lot of times it comes at a price. It does. So it's like, what is that price? And teaching your kids that there is a price for where I am. Mm-hmm. And then, like, making them do things to earn things Mm -hmm. because they're not just given to you, right? Mm -hmm. And then when something is given to you, teaching them to take care of it and understand that it is given to you, right? This is a privilege right here. Mm -hmm. You need to understand the difference between the two and be able to treat them as such. Absolutely. So I think that's the the hardest part. Okay. That's the hardest part because I be wanting to give my kids everything. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you. I know we we were talking about that and... And I was just sharing with you, even with my kids, it's more like a, as long as you self-manage properly, you already know the expectation. You've yeah. been doing this for a long time now, a couple of years, a couple of months, yeah. whatever. So you know exactly what to do. So if you do it, it's a yes. If you don't do it, it's a no. Yeah. And I had to learn that because I would get frustrated and I would get upset and I'm like, okay, I have to do something different. Yeah. And what I'm doing differently is when they, when I tell them no, we'll sit down and say, okay, what? Well, Let's talk about it. Do you know it. why it's a no? Yeah. Yeah, I know, Dad, because I didn't do this. Okay. So, really, you provided your own answer. hmm So, it's up to you. If you want a yes, do the yes things. Yes. You'll get a no if you do the no things. And you telling them your failures as a parent, for me, has been a big one. Yes. Where I'm like, like, even with business, if there's something that didn't go the way I anticipated, mm-hmm. I tell her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I was... I was thinking it would do this, but mm-hmm. it didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think I might just pivot. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And we, like, have that dialogue mm-hmm. of, like, she's like, well, have you tried this? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, not a four-year-old. She's obviously, <laughs> you know, tormenting right now. So right. she hasn't gotten there. But the oldest one, mm-hmm. oh, man. Like, to the, but you do have to dial it back because when your kids are, like, that age and they're as entrepreneurs – they know a lot because mm-hmm. you teach them a lot. Mm-hmm. You do have to make them cognizant of that information because my daughter, she didn't got on the phone with her friend. Her friend's mom got let go from work. And she's like, well, did you ask her how much her severance was? I'm like, how about that's inappropriate? <laughs> like, I mean, at wait, 13, wait. did we really know what that was? <laughs> no, you need to sit down. Like, it's like managing that yeah. is tough, too. Right. Because once they know, like, money, finances, things, and right. they're like, is she prepared for this? It's right. like, no, she's not. Can you imagine how that conversation went with her friend and her mom? <laughs> like, yeah, I was on the phone with my friend, and she said, did you get a severance package? Yes. Like, wait, wait, your 13-year-old friend asked, asked you? you? <laughs> 
she asked you how much it was. Right, right. Yes. And I have to literally, like, she hasn't found the, the, uh, I don't know. She's still, she's still pretty blunt, okay, you know? right. So it's like, she's, she hasn't found the fine line of, like, just people aren't that comfortable with sharing and not, nor do they have to share that with their kids, babe. Right. You and I have that dialogue, but you don't have that dialogue with everyone. Um, my son is the exact same way. Is he? But I think it's because of what we learned, right? Well, for me, I'll say this. As okay. a kid, it was like, speak when spoken to. Mm-hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Seen and not heard. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So it's like with my with my kids, it's more like, you know, I want you to be outspoken. Yeah. I want you to share what's on your mind. I yes. want to explore your thoughts and ideas. Yes. So because of that and teaching them that at such a young age, they feel like that's normal for a lot of people. So when we'll go out, we'll go, I don't care where we are. My son, he'll just go up and talking with random people. I love it. But also. But at the same time, it's like, dude, be mindful be that mindful. not everyone is going to be okay with that. Yes. Give them their personal space. Yes. Yeah, but I, I absolutely love it. And with that, something you said that I think is very valuable is apologizing to your children. Man. Because personally, I'll just speak for myself. Yes. I felt. Like I had too much pride to apologize to my children. Like I don't need to apologize to you. I'm grown. Yeah. <laughs> but not realizing that, and I heard this once that children do more of what they see and not necessarily that's not necessarily what they hear. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's huge. They do. So I need to start displaying the things that I want them to see and want them to know and do. So I need to apologize, but not just apologize, but apologize for what I did wrong and what I'll do to make it better next time. Oh, man. You know, like, hey, I'm sorry for doing this, and I'm not making an excuse. This is my thought process at the time. But going forward, I'm going to start doing this because I didn't want to make you feel like that. I shouldn't have made you feel like this. And asking them their needs. Yeah. Because I'm like, how would you have handled it? I'm curious because I also want to know where your head is. Mm -hmm. I want to know your feelings in that way. And me and my husband have even gone so far as apologizing to each other in front of our kids. Yes, that's huge. Like where it's like, you know what I mean? So that they can see it. Because it's like, I'm like trying to get rid of these egos. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we got to get rid of these egos. Because those are, that's a very, if you're spiritual, right? Right. Absolutely. Like that's the one thing you don't want. At all. It's, I have seen what it does. And I'm just like, don't have an ego about it. Just, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so I think that's a big, big thing is just teaching them the humility of things. Mm -hmm. There's humility in everything. I'm going to fall. I'm going to get up. But trust me, I'm going to be better for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So in your busy lives, you and your husband, Mm -hmm. you know, being successful entrepreneurs, how do you find that balance with spending time with one another, spending time with your children, and still running your businesses? It's definitely a struggle. Um, God is a big part of that because when it comes to, like, my daughter practices seven days a week, Mm -hmm. right? So she, it don't stop. And then I have another one, right? So she's in stuff. We were able to put ourselves in a position where our studio systems, seven, Mm -hmm. three, Mm -hmm. right? And that allowed us to find more work-life balance. And there are times that Jeff is more busy than I am. Mm -hmm. And I am more busy than him. And Mm -hmm. then we explain that. 
to at least a 14-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to be at all the games. I'm going to be at all the things. Dad's not going to be at it this time. But you understand the sacrifice in which those things are. Mm-hmm. But trust me, once he's here, mm-hmm. if if because we are married, we are as one. If I am here, that means he is here. Exactly. You understand that? So it's like her understanding that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the balance is definitely difficult. But I think... Bringing your kids along the journey sometimes will allow them to spend more time with you. So I'll bring Nyla to the studio. I'll bring Mia to the studio. Uh, Mia's been on my hips since she's been born. So she's been she was born right after or right before the studio opened. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she literally has spent every second in that space mm-hmm. and no daycare. Right. We oh, didn't wow. do we didn't do no daycare. Okay. None. So she has literally spent every second in that yeah. place and she has learned things in that place and she has been raised in that place in a way. Mm-hmm. So I think the work life balance of that is just bringing them along the journey sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not and when I say bring them along, I mean not bring them along and put them in the corner <laughs> right. and tell them to do something <laughs> while you do. Exactly. Show them mm-hmm. what you're doing, make them a part of what you're Nyla gets paid. She gets really? paid, yes. Okay. She'll come to the studio. She'll Smart. work. Yeah, she'll, like, work. Um, she She's a bit of a negotiator. Okay. Because she's, like, tough. Like, she, like if I have a client and she's like, well, what was your budget? Because I want to know how much my mom's getting paid. And I'm like, no, you had a rate. Like, wow. So she's big, yes. So it's just, it's just bringing them along but not pushing them to the side because we're so busy. We're like, just go watch your iPad and then we're just going to do this. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. like bring them along and spend quality time with mm-hmm. them. Um, me and my husband, I think the biggest thing is just block time blocking, right? Um, which is like, hey, we're going to go on a date. But we typically overly stimulate our kids before we go on dates because mm-hmm. if we do not do that mm-hmm. our kids are like y'all are out and they'll call you while they're out mm-hmm. and like oh it's a mess so to that point where it's like okay enough for mom and dad so you know they're not going to bother you mm-hmm. okay no that's smart yeah. and i i like the fact that you said like the time blocking because yes. i feel like it come down it comes down to prioritizing date night prioritizing yes. time with your kids and sometimes we use balance, which is not a bad thing. But yeah. I think just like we make time for our business, because when those clients call, we block out time for them. Yep. And there's nothing that's going to interrupt that. Yep. And I think that as entrepreneurs, you know, the, the new, the aspiring and existing. Yeah. If we do that, that block of time is for them. Phones off. Phones done. No laptop, no iPad. We're just done. dedicate that time to them. Yes. Because okay. you know what? That helps with rest. I think sometimes people are like, go burn yourselves out. Work. Someone's always working harder than you. Don't take that advice. Like, (laughs) do not burn yourself out. Do not. Like, I believe in working hard Mm -hmm. in the time block. Okay? Rest is essential. That's why we have Sunday. That's why Sunday is a rest day. That is why Chick-fil-A is more successful than a lot of these other businesses. Mm. Like, we don't know that, but it is a very real thing. So, yeah, sometimes a rest day, a day to reset, to make sure that you're maintaining the quality of work Mm -hmm. is probably more critical. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you've given us a lot of great information i mean from just the spiritual side yeah. the time you spend with your family the time you spend with your, your husband your kids the life learned lessons businesses how you got started some of the challenges some of the pain points a lot of value so give us some closing words man just have fun you got one life have fun be happy find the best way to do that the rest will come okay. god knows exactly what you want you pray for it, you write it down, you make it plain. He knows exactly what you want. 
You have to work toward it, don't get me wrong. And don't listen to everybody. Sometimes you just have to try stuff and see what works for you. And it's okay to fall. It's okay to fall. Just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, keep going. You go at your pace, not everybody else's pace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what's for you will be for you. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So how can they contact you? They want to um, rent out the you guys studio? Can, yeah, just follow studio. So you guys can follow us on at The Q Studio. Um, you can find us and book us on www.thequestudio.com. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. All right, perfect. Yeah. So if you're looking for a studio space, remember, The Q Studio, beautiful space, amazing space. Like I said earlier, I look at it every time I drive down the street on Main Street wonderful building and we want to thank you for joining the let's evolve for tomorrow podcast where we help aspiring new and existing entrepreneurs excel to the next level by inviting other aspiring new and existing entrepreneurs to the podcast to give knowledge and information on how to get to the next level and we'll see you next time